Welcome back to TRB Live, baby! I'm John. Thank you so much for joining us on this episode of the Resistance Broadcast. With me as always, James Bainey and Lacey Gillerin. And we're here to talk about uh, the latest news going on about our favorite movie franchise, that is Star Wars. And a lot of cool stories, and one that somehow has escaped blogs and rumor <laughs> mills and stuff that is very exciting for me personally and hopefully for you we'll get to that in a little bit but before we do hello how you guys doing good doing pretty good yeah getting excited for this well it is the spooky season but getting excited for the spooky night yeah yeah are you guys doing anything costume wise for halloween are you giving out candy to trick-or-treaters do you get a lot of trick-or-treaters Lacey, you get a lot right I get like, no joke, I give out like 900 pieces of candy. On all of I get zero people. 900. We went through so much candy last year that I've bought so much candy this year. Um, also, uh, I know everybody loves spooky season. That's great. Like, I've been listening to Christmas music for two weeks. <laughs> what? I Crazy. love Christmas and it makes me happy. <laughs> so like 80 degrees out today. You're like, <laughs> I listen to it in my car on the way to the doctor's appointments. I'm like, yeah. AC on full blast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Bing Crosby. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Um, James, do you have a lot of trick or treaters? What's going on? What's going on in your hood? Yeah, I think we do. We obviously, um, don't give out as well. We don't do the giving out of the candy as much as we used to. Cause we take Ben and around, but we do still decorate and we have um, my mother-in-law comes over because nobody trick-or-treats at her house. So she comes over and she gives out the candy at our house. Oh, nice. So you don't do the, the trust system, take one and you put the bowl out there? No, we, I think we did do that one or two years and then we were like, ah, it's just not worth it. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, it's, it's kind of fun because I like doing both. I like being able to take Bennett around, but I do also like coming up with like a little scheme and then like opening up the door and hitting or hitting the fog machine and then opening up the door and, ah, you know, and seeing like kids like back away. <laughs> Matt made a whole, um, what's the guy's name? Mike Myers Halloween guy last year. And like he built it out of like PVC pipe and foam noodles and like stuffed it and had the guy sitting in a chair. It looked so legit that everybody thought it was a person and they were so scared to come up to the door because they were waiting for the person to jump out of the chair oh, yeah. to the point that I'd be like, no one's in there. It's fine. Just come. You don't, I mean, you don't usually like visitors, so you should just leave them out there all year. That's not true. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> I don't like random people showing up at my house, which that's I'm sure I'm, nobody I mean, yeah. does. But it no, doesn't matter I mean. now because I have four ring cameras at my house. So oh, <laughs> try boy. to sneak up on me now. Hey, now. I got to figure out a way. I'm going to come to the chimney. Um, okay. All right, so uh, let's get into, let's get down to business here. Um, before we do, thank you to everybody who happened to be joining us live, or if you're listening on your favorite podcast app, uh, leave us a review. Five stars would be wonderful. We appreciate that very much. Yeah, that's please Apple, do. Spotify, we love reviews. Have you. Yeah, um, and or if you're watching on YouTube, make sure you're subscribed to the channel and spread the word. If you have friends who like Star Wars. Uh, things are going to be heating up uh, once the strikes end and we start getting more shows and, of course, movies. And we're going to talk about a little bit about an upcoming movie in just a few minutes. Uh, but uh, before we do that, a couple other things. If you want your comment read on the show, we have Super Chats available. Uh, we will not only read that on the show, but obviously uh, give our takes on it and let everyone chime in in the chat, of course. And, and we have one. We have one that we will get to in just a moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, but before that, if you, if you're not, if you like, oh my God, I love TRB so much. I just need more TRB. <laughs> Good news. We are picking up the three of us and we're leaving our base and we're heading into the base of the children of the watch podcast, uh, on over. November 1st, we're going to be joining Alex and Mac and we're going to be doing some pretty cool stuff, uh, including coming up with our own pitches, for Star Wars shows or movies. So join us with, uh, and those guys are awesome. So go uh, make sure if you're not listening to them, you're listening to Children of the Watch. Cause, and we uh, promised ourselves we wouldn't time. do solo. So don't worry, guys. It's going to be. Yeah, solo. no solo stuff because <laughs> uh, we all know that should happen anyway. But it should be fun. Yeah. So check us out over on their feed on November 1st. 
And uh, be sure to give those guys a follow because they do things right and they're good guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, Alex and Mac for uh, inviting us on. Um, Alex, you owe us a visit. So let's not forget that. Um, All right. Let's get into that first super chat and then we will get into the news. So Diamond Figs, our buddy, thank you for the super chat per usual. And it just says, let's go, which is the perfect super chat to then get into something. I I came into the link this afternoon to to download the thumbnail for the the post tomorrow. And it was already there. He posted that thing at like lunchtime. So thank you, Diamond Figs. Hype is real. Good. Yeah. Uh, He's another good guy. Mm -hmm. He's doing good stuff on Instagram. Do your kids Um, say let's go? No, I, I does I, it all the time. Yeah, I ban it. Does she say let's go? You ban it? It's banned. Yeah. Why? Because it's you call me a bro all the time. That's like the broiest thing in the world is let's go. It's like very. Bro-y. I never even heard of a broy. It being broy. Yeah. Anytime it's like anytime anything happens, people are like let's go. Let's oh, go. Taylor Swift <laughs> said it when Travis scored a touchdown. Oh, a shocker. Shocker. The person who always knows when the camera's on her and acts like she doesn't know the camera's on her. God. <laughs> All right. Let us talk about Star he Wars. Does, he, he really likes Sailor Swift, guys. Yeah. James Bainey, let's <laughs> fire up the Resistance Report. It's the Resistance. Promotional round of all the things you're doing in order to promote your movie. Always going to get us about star Wars. It's happened again. What is this tone you're using? (laughs) I don't know that tone. (laughs) It's yet again, happening. Same thing as always. Mm -hmm. Sean Levy, uh, is out promoting his movie, uh, including, you know, all the other projects that he's working on, uh, stranger things as well. Um, but, He's going to get asked about Star Wars because he's working on a Star Wars movie. And this interview is interesting because, yet again, this movie is not announced, but he talks about it like it is. You know, oh, when Kathleen Kennedy brought me on board, she told me this. I want a Sean Levy movie. And it just sort of brings into questions things that me and John were talking about on the Monday show, like how many things are in development at once? How does Lucasfilm see it versus how does the creative see it? Um but I think yeah. like some of the more interesting comments about like what the movie could even be about were, were uh, worth talking about here on the show. Lacey, uh, um, John, what were your thoughts on uh, Sean Levy's comments? I, I like Sean interview. Levy. Um, I like his work. I'm excited to see Deadpool 3, the return of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. Even though Taylor's in it? She's in it? Mm-hmm. Not they were, they were hanging out today. Yeah, supposedly she's Dazzler in uh, Deadpool 3. That'd be a big mistake. Um, <laughs> she can't John act like can't, a good singer. So. John, John can't get away. I'm, yeah, I'm I know, that's the thing. It's, 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 it's at the point of beyond obnoxious. But um, I'm not the only one. But anyway, let's, get, let's talk Star Wars. Um, Sean Levy, I like Sean Levy. I like his work. Uh, I'm excited for the wrap-up of uh, Stranger Things, and he's been involved in directing episodes of that. Uh, excited for Deadpool 3. Um, but I liked what he had to say about the ownership of it and being able to sort of inject his brand of creating things into this uh, because a lot of the criticisms, which I don't think are valid, or that they don't let these directors make the movies they want. I think they do, um, but there are always going to be things that, you know, if Kathleen Kennedy doesn't like something or how things are going, you got to change it or you're out. And that's how stuff the stuff works. But I think Sean Levy's one of those people, I don't know that he's at, at JJ's level in terms of like a star director, but he, he reminds me of him a little bit in terms of his personality and the types of films he makes and how much he loves these things. And he's not afraid of IPs. So that takes me to my next point about, you know, he's tackling Deadpool. Granted, it's not out yet. So, James, your your curse about filmmakers, uh, we, we, we got to hope Deadpool 3 is good. Uh, and then maybe that'll come out and then they'll announce his movie. But he was sort of saying... I like the experience of working on something that's a big, a major IP, a big part of these brands, but I'm allowed to do it the way I want and have the trust of Ryan Reynolds and Hugh Jackman and so on. 
Uh, and he said it fills him with a sense of optimism, but it also has to film a film. It has to fill him with a sense of confidence. You know, if you feel good about what you're doing, stepping into the third movie of a franchise that has this major star on top of it, and you're cohesively creating this with that star, that's a good sign to me. So I like everything you had to say about that. There's another element of this interview that I'm going to happily leave to Lacey to address. No, go ahead. Address it. You go want ahead. me to address that? Yeah, go. Okay. So he was asked, uh, <laughs> since you're close to Adam Driver, could your Star Wars movie be a prequel to episode seven in which Kylo would be back? And Sean Levy said, your words, not mine. As you know, Adam is a buddy and I've always been a huge fan of Kylo Ren, but no comment. So Sean is buddies with everybody. He's buddies with Ryan Reynolds. Yeah. He's buddies with everybody. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, but- I... I, I'm this interview is in response to his upcoming series on Netflix. Yeah. So just my first thought, John, with what you were just saying is like, oh, could it be kind of a curse scenario like Patty Jenkins or uh, what's Colin Trevorrow where it's like a big movie comes out, doesn't do well. I feel like Sean's in a different spot because Free Guy did so well. Adam Project did so well, like not just well with fans, but well with critics I'm going to be honest. I wasn't a big fan of Free Guy. I actually turned it off. And I'm like, the I didn't biggest, like it either. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm the biggest Ryan Reynolds fan. And I just did not like that movie. I, I, was I couldn't get into it. I thought it was going to be something completely different than like he's an actual person in a video game thing. I didn't. Yeah. Which that's not to say that it's not a good movie. It's just I didn't like it. Um, but I love Deadpool. I've loved all the Deadpools so far. I'm sure I'm going to love this one because it has Hugh Jackman in it. So I totally trust this guy. Plus, he directed one of the best episodes of Stranger Things ever, which was the episode of like running up that hill episode that everybody's been talking about for years now. Um, so I thoroughly trust that what he's saying is genuine and that he's what he's saying is honest. The one thing that's a little weird to me, which I know a couple people have been kind of talking about this online and stuff, and I, it was nice to see I wasn't the only person that thought this is that he said, oh, you know, Kathy said to make a Sean Levy film and and do what, sh- you know, what I want. And like, I felt empowered, which is wonderful. I'm glad you do. Uh, but kind of what John was saying before is like the whole solo situation with Lord and Miller, like they were empowered and then they were immediately told to like knock it off. Like they were like, hey, you're making a movie that's too much you. You need to stop doing that. So I just get concerned as a fan that I'm like, oh, Sean Levy has like such a certain vibe and kind of passion that he has for his projects that maybe it might not fit into that Star Wars box. And my concern is like, are we falling into another solo scenario? Mm. (laughs) Someone's trying to use their voice in a way that fits them and what they've done in the past. And because it doesn't fit the mold and check the boxes of Star Wars, are they going to get either pushed aside or forced to do something different. Like Gareth Edwards, who is basically like, Hey, you're doing okay, but like, we're going to gut what you did. <laughs> Rework it. Um, so that's my concern. He doesn't seem to feel that way so far. And I'm happy for him. I think Deadpool is going to kill Deadpool three. Um, and I think he comes from all these different facets of pop culture that, he knows what works for him while also making it work for the studio, which is super important. You know, you got to play the game. Um, but yeah, that was the first thing I kind of thought. I was like, oh, but what about Lord and Miller, though? <laughs> like, Or like other directors I, that had to work with. Lucas yeah, Lee. I think the Lord and Miller one is definitely interesting because they clearly pushed back on orders, so to speak. But I right. think the difference with Solo is that, you know, Larry Kazin is writing it. And it's sort of like when Tarantino talks about his actors, he's like, I love Leonardo DiCaprio, but you don't improv my scripts. I wrote the movie. I'm hiring you to do my movie. 
do my movie. And I think when you have someone like Lawrence Kazin, who wrote the greatest Star Wars movies of all time, uh, mm-hmm. that's different. Sean Levy, I, we we don't he's he works with different writers on every movie. He doesn't write the movie, so yeah, I don't know who he's. It depends on who he gets in there and who writes it and all sure. that. Sure, and I knew John, you were going to bring up Lawrence Kasdan, and that's why it's a little different. But at the <laughs> same time, I think it's responsibility on Kathy Kennedy and everybody that's involved oh, with yeah. the actual hiring yeah. that you should know if you're using a script by Lawrence Kasdan and you're bringing up people that have like a very strong want and uh, push for people to improvise and do their own thing and get like authentic, uh, you know, uh, scenes, then you shouldn't be hiring those people for Lawrence Kasdan's script. Like this has nothing to do with like Lawrence Kasdan, you know, pushing back on Lord Miller. He had every right to. I'm saying what concerns me is Kathleen Kennedy being like, oh yeah, just do your thing, Sean. And you're like, are you going to let him do his thing? Are you going (laughs) to... That's my concern. But I agree with you, John. I think that Sean's worked with plenty of writers that it shouldn't be an issue. It's just like my first kind of like, ooh. But like hmm. Aaron Sorkin's writing Sean Levy's movie. <laughs> like, <laughs> and he wants to change the script around. It's like, it's not going to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, what do you think, James? Well, I I mean, the second time you've sort of dodged it, you are you don't want to talk about the Kylo Ren aspect? Oh, of sorry. I totally got distracted. <laughs> yeah, I'm I like, totally got I don't distracted. want to keep going on. I want to Sorry, know. sorry. That's no, why no, I, was I like, appreciate it. Yeah. Give it. Like, no, it. I, pre- I appreciate that. <laughs> Look, I love Adam Driver. I, I wouldn't say I'm like the biggest diehard fan in the sense of like, he has to be in it. Um, I love Kylo Ren. I love Ben Solo. I am still kind of bitter of how that character ended. Um, I would love to see more of Adam Driver and more of Kylo Ren in these movies. I'm just curious how that would work. I know they're saying like, oh, would you do a, you know, a prequel? But part of me is like, is the interviewer just asking that to get that clickbait title of him talking about Adam Driver? Um, Is there any kind of value to this or is Sean just kind of playing the game? Returning the favor by being like, no comment, but I am a good friend of Adam Driver. It doesn't mean anything. I just, I, I think Adam Driver is so incredibly talented and I just watch his career so far and I'm not saying these movies are bad, but like they're not doing well. So if you're looking at, um, like movies where he's made tons of money and gotten a lot of attention and critical acclaim, Star Wars is kind of the one. Um, so hopefully if he does come back, it is in some type of live action spot. But at the same time, you know, Star Wars, Force Awakens came out how many years ago? Almost 10 years ago at this point? Eight. No, yeah. Yeah. Eight. So like 10 years. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Um, so you're going to ask him to play himself 10 years ago. Like he looks older. He's had a kid. He's, He's older. 40, huh? Yeah. So you're having him then go back into a prequel. He's got to be in his 20s. Like, I don't know. Well, the, yeah, the, it, you could say it depends on when and where this kind of takes place. I mean, it could take place adjacent to Force Awakens. So it's a different story. And then he comes back and he plays sure, sure. that same age or something. And then obviously there's de-aging capability and stuff too, if they really wanted mm-hmm. to go that route. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. I mean, t- take 10 years off him, they you don't, probably wouldn't even do it, you know? I'd be shocked if they did something with Kylo Ren. If you were to do it, you would have to do the Luke Kylo Ren thing. And then mm-hmm. he's even younger. And then it gets dicey, in my opinion. So, And I think that fans, and I don't want to speak out of turn for fans. I'm just going to throw this out there. I think if you were to ask a majority of fans like myself or people that really love Ben Solo and Kylo Ren, they don't want the prequel story. They want him to come back in the story like the current story with Ray in the timeline. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think they want, hey, how did he become Kylo Ren? Hey, what bad things did he do when he was Kylo Ren? I think they want the story to continue. Knights of Ren story. Yeah, Yeah, they want the story to continue with Ray because they feel like they didn't get the proper ending, which that's how I feel. But um, Well, he was asked about a prequel, yeah. No, I know. I know. But I'm just explaining, like, that's why I don't want it to come across like I I wouldn't be excited for that because I think I would. I would just prefer a better explanation of how the story went rather than before. Yeah. I agree. I think there's probably a little John's bit of John's making a face at me. <laughs> I just, I, He's I, making a face. It it's wasn't okay. Like, but it's not like it, it was Inception where you're like, I don't, I don't get it, but I liked it. It's like he died. That's it. I think 
Okay, sure. I I don't want to get into like the nitty gritty of like why I didn't like the story. She's dead. I'm giving her my life force so she can go on because she's a better person than me. She's what I always wanted to be. And then he died. It was very loving. It was a nice sacrifice. (laughs) It's the end of the Skywalker saga. You sound like Michelle Redwan. It's so hopeful that he dies. It's so I didn't say it was hopeful that he died. He gave. You said it was lovely. It was loving for him to have done that. It was a loving act. It was a, a selfless act. It would be a selfless act if we ended this conversation. It was like when Luke, I mean, we can get it. It was like when Luke threw away his lightsaber and said, I'll die here before turning on my father. But anyway, the Skywalkers um, are very sentimental folks. Hmm. Yeah, I, I think that uh, Lacey's right. It, it seems like he's probably just throwing this interviewer the bone and getting a little bit of, like, the fact that he this conversation even happened, like, we're talking about it now on the podcast. So He's not going to rule anything he, out, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, he, uh, he, he's going to throw it's that out there. It's publicity to, to say Play the game. Like that, yeah. Say, I do, I am a big fan of uh, Kylo Ren and uh, no comment. You know, it's like it, he knows what he's doing. He's smart. And because he's so smart and he's been a director for a very long time, he's been in the business producing and directing, um, going all the way back even to like Nickelodeon days where he directed Children of the Watch show, The Secret World of Alex Mack. That's them, right? Okay. But he goes, um, he's been around for so long that I think that he is immune from that thing that I always talk about, John. The, uh, the, the he, If he puts out a bad movie, if Deadpool 3 stinks, he's quietly removed from this project. I think his track record is there. Most of the time when that stuff happens, it's with people who who did like one movie and somehow got a Star Wars movie out of that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. I mean, even the good ones, like the Gareth Edwards situation, like he did, uh, you know, Monsters, which was very small release, but then he did Godzilla. And it's like, how do you, how, you know, you use one movie to jump from uh, an indie release all the way to the biggest to the big, you know, it, Sometimes in those early years, and and still today to some degree, they're making some weird choices. But I think if it was someone like a uh, Sean Levy or a J.J. Abrams or a Ron Howard or something like that, and like the movie that comes out before their movie is bad, I think they're still going to push through that. But if it's just a random, you got one movie thing, I don't know. It just doesn't seem as crazy. It seems more likely that that's that's going to get pushed away how about this quote that i must have it was from a year ago from mark ruffalo just taking shots at star wars oh yeah i saw that they're like <laughs> yeah. all the same or something like that who the yeah. hell is this guy get out of here dude his quote was if you watch it says a- the hulk from the avengers movies which are all the same yeah he goes if you watch a star wars you're pretty much going to get the same version of star wars each time it might have a little <laughs> bit of humor it might have a little bit of different animation, but you're always really in that same kind of world. But with Marvel, you're going to have a whole different feeling, even within the Marvel Universe. I almost fell asleep at Endgame. Shut up, Mark Ruffalo. His, <laughs> his character does the same thing in every movie. God, how, how's, how's Marvel tasting now? Please, give me, give me a break, Mark Ruffalo. <laughs> get out of don't get I Keep my franchise time. out your mouth! I love how every time a celebrity's like, Yo, Star Wars kind of sucks. John takes that. What, what, did, what did I see? What did like I see Michael Jordan. Oh, yeah, and then I took it. That's it. Uh, how do we tell uh, Will Smith and his wife to take us off the uh, the group chat? Oh, the group chat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, that's Greg Grumberg. <laughs> oh yeah, that's what it was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Greg's funny. Greg is funny. Is. Oh, what happened? I don't know. Oh. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, uh, anything else to add about this story? I think I think that Sean Levy's movies are going to be good. I, I'm looking forward to Deadpool 3. Um, I actually think that Deadpool 3 could really deliver because I don't think Deadpool fans like loved 2. I think like there was a lot of hype off the first one and the second one was all right. And then I think with the third one, with like the, the Logan aspect and all that, I think they could really knock that out of the park, make a big like fan favorite. the other two Deadpools? Um, Tim. it's the guy, uh, who has his own studio, um, oh, Tim Miller, visual. Tim Miller. That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. I said it like um, Tim. The guy yeah, you Tim. know, Tim, our buddy. Uh, well, he did, he did the first one and then he did that Terminator dark fate, which was a, a disaster. I, th- I thought he was on Deadpool two to begin with and then dropped out. Didn't he? 
Probably because the Terminator movie came out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. not the only studio pulling that one, I guess. Oh, David Leach did the second Deadpool. Mm-hmm. Ah, so they're just passing the buck. I mean, he did. He did John. We're going the original the trilogy route. Yeah. Um, right. <laughs> and everybody only remembers the first director, <laughs> George something. Um, yeah. All right. Well, uh, that's it for the Sean Levy stuff. Um, do we want to move into our next story? I almost kind of want to just like let you talk about this, John, like to, to announce it and talk, go to it. Let's tackle the super chats first and then like we can decompress over the Taylor Swift and Mark Ruffalo hate. Gotcha. And then it's just back. you, John. You're <laughs> Look, you don't have to personalize it. You don't have to personalize it. There was, you know, said. Oh my gosh. Thank you, Miles, for the second super chat of the night. Thank you so much. He said, Ezra was annoying for refusing to take back his green saber and Sabine was unnecessarily force sensitive in Ahsoka. Do you agree? James, I'm going to start with you. Do you agree? Ezra, annoying for not taking back the saber. I disagree. Sabine was unnecessarily Force-sensitive in Ahsoka. Uh, from our perspective right now, yes. Uh, but I don't know about Dave Filoni's perspective over the course of what he has envisioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, mostly I agree with this comment. Um, or uh, mostly I guess I say I disagree. But... Uh, but I mean, I don't Depends. know. Are you a cup half full or cup half empty with this one? <laughs> Yeah, and the Ezra Ezra thing too, like annoying. It is kind of strange that when I saw that scene, I thought he was like, oh, he doesn't need a lightsaber. That's cool. And then like as soon as they get out of that situation, he makes another one. So it's kind of like, I don't know. Take take I guess you could just take your lightsaber back. That she's offering a crystal it, drawer called to you. Yeah. But uh I don't know. What do you guys think? John. I, I'll say this. I know most of our audience is audio, but Miles's profile picture is like the best profile picture for sending in a super chat because it, look, it looks like we're at an event and I'm sitting behind him and he turned around and put his arm up to tell me his thoughts about this stuff. He saw I was, like, <laughs> it does look very casual. Looks good. I love it. I love it, Miles. Thank you for the super chat. Um, I think Ezra was... I don't want to say annoying for not taking back the lightsaber. I, I still think they're trying to do that dance between how a character is presented in animation, which oftentimes is a bit more um, <clears throat> slapsticky and maybe with more of that type of humor. And But they didn't want to go too heavy with Ezra. So they're trying to find that perfect balance. I don't think they've perfectly found how to present Ezra in live action yet, but I think mm-hmm. they will. I still think he did a fantastic job as the actor and we'll get to him uh, in a little later. But as far as Sabine, yeah, I wasn't the biggest fan of her just being able to do everything she did that quickly. I think we are in cheat code mode. Uh, like, you know, like me and people of my age back to the day having like the Nintendo power magazine and knowing how to conquer all the video games. I think our Jedi now, or these to be Jedi are really getting these things uh, quick um, but it's all right. I'm learning to adjust. So she's force sensitive. She can push people across chasms and all that good stuff. It's the story. So it happened. I can't argue with it. Yeah, Miles, thanks for the super chat. I think your statement slash question is very interesting because after Ahsoka season one, hopefully, fingers crossed, ended, I think a lot of people had differing thoughts on aspects of the show, especially people that loved Rebels and loved Clone Wars that came to the live action Ahsoka series. I think that you guys, I mean, you guys as in those people have a lot of expectations with the characters and how they're going to react and act and, and, and do things in the series. Um, as for your answer with Ezra, I, and I'm going to also do a half and half here. I don't think Ezra was annoying to refuse the lightsaber. I said this during our live shows and I strongly believe that. I think Ezra has a lot of undealt with trauma for being on a planet by himself for 10 years. And I think it was one of those things that he's like, I don't want to touch that. I, I could do this on my own, like playing it off. And I think oftentimes when we saw him playing up the humor side, there's something else kind of deeper going on that he hasn't dealt with yet. Um, I also think it is a little bit of what John was saying, which is like Filoni's trying to balance like the animated side of like, 
we see it a lot in probably resistance, I would say, like a little over the top kind of kitty humor. And I'm not saying that Rebels isn't for adults. That's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying there are moments in animation that are a little bit more animated or over the top with uh, emotions and jokes and stuff because it's just different. It's a different medium. Um, as for Sabine, as you guys know, I was in a fight with Sabine most of the series. Uh, I still think that she was very selfish, but I understand why she was because I had to drive the story. That saying, that being said, I, I do think that she was a little too strong with the force all of a sudden. And I've expressed a couple times now how I feel like the force should be more special in the sense. And that's what I grew up with understanding. And again, I might be totally wrong and I probably am because Dave Filoni knows the force better than I do. But the idea that someone can just be good at it is bothers me. Like, I feel like that, that shouldn't be a thing. Um, so we'll see how it goes. But right now, I would say I half agree with your statement. But thanks for the super chat. We really appreciate it. And we're going to go to Freezy2324. Wouldn't be a show without Freezy. What up, man? Hey, Freezy. He said, my wife and I are expecting. Oh, my God. Congratulations. Hey, congrats. Awesome. You and I are expecting buddies. I hope you're, uh, everything's going well and you're healthy and your wife's healthy. Um TRB, which trilogy did you introduce Star Wars to your younglings with, OT or PT? Um, my daughter only knows the sequel trilogy just because those are the toys and stuff that I have, and she hasn't really watched anything yet. So I guess you would say I introduced her with the sequel trilogy because she loves like BB-8, but she also loves Grogu, which doesn't count. Um, but I haven't really introduced her yet, so I guess that's kind of a cop-out. But John... Yeah, I haven't really, neither one of them have like sat down and like watched it. Daisy's way too young, she's two and a half. And Johnny still, as far as holding his attention for a two hour and 20 live action movie, I want him to be able to actually watch it and enjoy it. So he likes Star Wars, uh, the the idea of it, he knows the characters, but he hasn't really fully gotten into it. But I miss the idea of it. <laughs> yeah. There was one day where my daughter woke up and like, 1 a.m. and I went in to get her and I was like let's go sit on the couch and I threw on The Force Awakens and she was just watching it and she was just sitting there watching it with me and she wasn't like no turn on Paw Patrol or something she was actually watching it so that was kind of cool um, so TBD I guess is the real answer but I probably will start them on the original trilogy um, I believe in release order because that's how uh, people experienced it when they came out so that's probably the way I'll go James? Um, same as you guys. Like, I haven't really introduced him to it. Although, if I have to go on the technicality here, uh, Freezy, uh, Bennett has, we did go to an event where we were watching the original Star Wars. So he has sat down and watched the movie, asked me questions, and and got like a small little review. Like, what did you think afterwards? And he kind of gave us the same answers where he's like, nah. <laughs> you know, he's like, eh. It was all right, you know. I didn't love it, you know. He's kind of given that thing. He's mm-hmm. like, but I didn't say I didn't like it, you know. So he was kind of in the middle. Um, and my wife was teasing me about it, but I say at the end of the day, I'm like, look, I don't need him to be a Star Wars fan. I, I, you know, that would be cool, but I guarantee whatever he does get into, um, you know, even if it's uh, you know Marvel or um, Harry Potter and they make more movies of those or whatever, you know, it doesn't really matter. Whatever the next franchise is, it's probably, I'm probably going to love to go to do that stuff with him either way. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have to be star Wars. So awesome Uh, question. Trilogy. Yeah. Awesome question. Congrats again, freezy. Yeah. That's a big deal. Keep us updated. Congrats. Back to you, John. Uh, all right. Well, back to James. Let's hop into our next story. Well, I was that we were leading into. I was going to just hand it over to you to say what, what's the deal here. What's this thing? All right. The deal is, uh, as you know, well, most people probably know uh, if you listen to us regularly. Uh, Clayton Sandell joined us last week, and he was at the closing of the now called Thirty Two Ten Studios, but it was the original one of the original homes, pretty much the original home of ILM from nineteen seventy eight to two thousand and six. And there's a video on YouTube that someone took of almost the whole, all the speeches. And, uh, you know, I caught wind of it 
And I, I was watching it because I wanted to see what they all had to say. And Joe Johnston revealed, I don't know if he was supposed Should to do just it play it? Yeah, let's just play it. Let, let's see what Joe Johnston, who ILM legend Joe Johnston, <laughs> movie director, let's see what nice he little, had to say. Yeah. Nice little tease. Uh, the other day, Friday actually, we shot our last uh, 3210 interview for the, uh, for the Light and Magic season two. Uh, documentary in this very stage right there. So I feel like I'm sort of the bookends for the life of ILM. Um, so, yeah. What? There you have it. Joe Johnston. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Elf yeah. Reveals that he is directing, uh, taking the, the baton from Lawrence Kasdan, and he is taking over to do a second series of Light and Magic, uh, which... I am beyond excited about because uh, when I finished Light and Magic, I was like, man, that was so in-depth and I learned so much, but I, I want more. And I didn't know that they would do it again. And here they are. And like, who better, if not Lawrence Kasdan, than Joe Johnston to do it. So I am very excited about this. I'm surprised he released that information. But I think with the old guard, they don't feel that nda pressure he's like i'm making this thing like this isn't a big deal to me but i want people to know especially these people in this room and stuff but the fact that he put that out there i hadn't seen this reported on any sites on any blogs or anything and to me this is a big deal because light and magic was a you were talking about people being indifferent to star wars and stuff and i know this is about ilm and not just star wars but 100 percent rotten tomatoes critically acclaimed uh, everyone seemed to have loved it from a fan perspective. Uh, I am just so excited to see what else they come up with for this and ha- to have Joe Johnston behind it. One of the original people of ILM just adds even more credence to the fact that they're doing it right again. So I am so excited for this and knowing that it's done filming, which means we we'll probably get it next year. Uh, so happy to hear this. I'm so excited and I cannot wait to check out Light and Magic Season 2 and learn more about the masters of Mm -hmm. creating special effects. Yeah. Lacey, what were your thoughts when we kind of came across this? I mean, it's surprising just because uh, I'm sure Disney was like, please don't do that. (laughs) But at the same time, (laughs) someone like John said, he doesn't care. He doesn't care who knows. Like I'm sure he talks about it all the time with all the people that he works with and like is friends with that are in the business and I think it's a interesting play in the sense of I feel like movie the movie business in general has gotten so secretive and I don't know why. Like drum drum up some excitement early on that people are supporting your project. Like why would you wait till everything's completely done? Um but yeah, I'm super excited. I loved the first season. I love the behind the scenes stuff. Everybody knows I went to college for video production. I'm all about it. I, I fell in love with movies very early at an early age. So anytime I get to learn more about these processes and like how shots were made is like my jam. I'm all about it. And I think light and magic is something that I definitely have to go rewatch like ASAP. But when I was watching it, I found myself tearing up because these people just have so much love for filmmaking and like so much care and passion. And um, it's just a different time. Like things were just done differently. And I have such a love for practical effects. And I think it's because I could never see myself doing it. And it's like a different type of intelligence that like I can't even fathom how people come up with it. Um, So it's just really cool to see. So I can't wait to watch this. This has been, um, it was kind of interesting how it came together because I decided this week that I was going to watch a movie that I've never seen before called Little Shop of Horrors. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen it. So I was like, oh, I'll put that on and see what that's all about because it's kind of Halloween season. Mm-hmm. So it was suggested. Yep. And I'm like sitting there watching like, and I'm like, oh, Frank Oz, that's right. You hated this. And then we get to the scene with the with Audrey too and all that. And I'm like, man, I've seen so much about how this is created. And it's so cool watching it in the context of the actual movie instead of just clips um, and and knowing what I know about it because of how often it's been talked about as like these masterpieces of the time, you know, and mm-hmm. what they were capable of doing and how they manipulate um, all of their surroundings in order to make something uh, be presentable as magic, you know. 
My childhood um, friend's dad created that puppet. Really? Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Did mm-hmm. you know that, John? You'd heard yeah. that? Oh. My childhood friend's dad, my <clears throat> stepdad, is Snuffleupagus. Your child? Hold on. So if you, Snuffleupagus friend, created... Snuffleupagus. <laughs> so yeah. you have a friend who, when you were a child, From that childhood person had childhood. a dad. Stepdad. And, and that, so then another dad, and that person was Snuffleupagus. And created the puppet for Little Shop Warriors. Wow. That's pretty crazy. Yeah. I didn't know that. Um, but yeah, but uh, to get back onto the point, like, yeah, this is really cool. I really thoroughly enjoyed Light Magic. Um, I'm excited to see more of that content. Um, I think it was kind of funny. This was like a throwaway thing. He obviously didn't care. And I'm sure uh, people who have been involved have been like, oh my God, I hope that doesn't get picked up. And it, so far it hasn't. Hopefully we're doing everybody a little bit of a favor by saying, did anybody catch that? Well, this now, is, you know, got to give We're not doing Lucas so many uh, favors here. Yeah, the video's uh, Kevin Coons on YouTube. Uh, I don't know if he filmed this, if he was there. Uh, he looks like he's into film production. So, uh, But that's where the video's from. So it's right there, public on YouTube for all to see. And there you have it. Yeah. Uh, Light and Magic Season 2. Pumped. So pumped. So Which excited. reminds me, by the way, this is a little bit of a tangent. So my friend's dad brought in as like a school presentation for our grade all the puppets he's ever worked on and he brought it into school with like a whole display and talked about like puppeteering and working for sesame street and doing all these things i think that like it was like first or second grade when it happened i think that thoroughly impacted who i am as a person and like what i like (laughs) with star wars and everything and like puppeteering practical effects and stuff so it's funny that james you were saying that you were just watching that because it's like just a small world of like how you just like, oh, that impacted me. And I'm like, well, that also impacted me in a way. So it's like just yeah. crazy. I haven't finished it yet, but <laughs> I've been thoroughly pretty pretty surprised. I'm like, Steve. You're watching Martin, it in batches? This? Batches? Yeah. It's one of those things like I'm like, put it on before I go to sleep, but then I inevitably fall asleep before. So I've I've probably it's probably or like at work and I'm like watching it for a little bit and then I'm like, this is distracting. <laughs> I need to yeah. work, you know? Things like that. It's a 90 but, minute movie, dude. <laughs> Hey man, I'll get distracted easily. I put it on and I'm like, oh man. Did you get to the dentist scene yet? Yes. Where am I at right now? (laughs) Spoilers. So he just killed the guy. I love how I'm like, like, I can't make it through Lost. And James is like, I've made it through like two thirds of Little Shop (laughs) of Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> but uh oh bill, the bill murray's in it too actually he long. just got introduced bill murray's the best part of the movie in my opinion i'm like i like steve well i haven't seen bill murray's part but i like steve martin i thought you haven't great. seen bill murray's part i thought you said no I, he just walked in oh like, he just got there and i was like oh bill murray's you're here. in for a treat you could shut the movie off right after james that james is gonna launch a podcast series where he reviews <laughs> Two minutes at a time. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's going exactly. to wrap it up by 2057. <laughs> there you go. It's a good idea. Um, <laughs> last story. Um, if it, we were talking a little bit about Ezra Bridger, and um, let me. Sorry, James. I got one more thing. We are going to do Ask the Resistance um, oh, after yeah. our final story. So if you have a question you'd like us to talk about, doesn't have to be a super chat. Just pop it in the chat and use hashtag. Ask the resistance so we know you want us to use that question and we'll answer uh, a bunch. So sorry, James. I just wanted to make sure that I prompted them on that. My apologies. Yeah, no worries. Get it ready. Um, last story is Iman Esfandi, who plays Ezra in the show Ahsoka, uh, has kind of broken his silence for the first time. And uh, via Star Wars, uh, there's a video. Previously of- recorded. Yes, previously recorded. Um, He was asked about um, what what it's like being the character and what kind of a place uh, that character is in right now. And he gave some pretty uh, solid answers. And it got me really wanting more out of this. You know what I mean? Like, where's the uh, Disney gallery on Ahsoka already? Um, But it made me think, you know, like, the show's done but I still kind of want to see more interviews from some of the people that maybe didn't do like a big uh, run in the first place. It felt like it was a lot of um, Rosario Dawson um, and Natasha and um, Hera. 
Mary, Mary Elizabeth, Elizabeth Winstead. Mary Elizabeth Winstead. Yeah, I felt like they were the the forerunners of the show. But like, I, I'd like to see so many of the other people who are involved pretty heavily, to even um, in the show, talk more. But this is just a taste of it, um, and I like the comments. Uh, Lacey, w- what were your thoughts on uh, this this video? So, <laughs> I think he he's so lovely and little kind of flex right now. He liked our episode link tonight. He liked it that we were doing oh, did he? about this. Yes. Not about this, Ooh. but like that we were doing a live episode. He liked it. And I remember I saw it come up in my mentions and I was like, that can't be. And then I clicked on it. And I was like, Oh, it is. Come um, on, come on the pod. Come ahead. I know, right. Um, he is just so nice and he's so great with fans. I want to put that out there. Like he's been nothing but wonderful at every comic con, like talking to everyone, taking photos, doing all this stuff. He's loving being a part of Star Wars, which I love to see. That being said, this interview clip, we'll call it, (laughs) that was previously recorded, um, it's very chopped up. Like, to me, I was trying to piece together what he was saying, and at the end, it was very kind of clunky. So I don't know what the full answer is, because I feel like they chopped it up to kind of make it more of a sentence than it was. Um, But I did like how he talked about um you know how the character is growing up and learning and trying to figure out where he goes from here um just like james i i feel like i wanted more and again i think that falls into that clunky editing like it really kind of pulled me out of the clip because i was like what are you saying yeah it's funny you say that because i noticed that i was like Oh, they cut a section out of there, or they cut. You know, I, I was. It was something the phrasing. With the audio. It's the audio. It's the inflections that he's using when he's talking. Uh-huh. And this is from my own experience of video editing. Is like when people talk, you tend to have normal tones that you're like talking, and then you kind of come down when you're ending your sentence. The sentence when he's talking, while his tones are going up and down, it like picks up at a spot that you're like, that's clearly a cut because it's not a gradual tone change into the next thought. Um, but I think he, he's just so lovely. Like he's just wonderful. And I want to see more. Isn't he lovely? <laughs> yeah. So those are my <laughs> thoughts. I hope we get to see more of what he said. Cause I think it just kind of was like a very broad stroke of what the character is. And I'd love to see and hear more about how he prepared to be Ezra and just kind of the excitement around how secretive it was. Because he yeah. is the most secretive person on the show. Like, that was a big thing. Who's going to be Ezra? Um, so that's what I am excited to eventually hear. I can't wait for that question. Uh, how do you approach taking a fan favorite character and still making it your own? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I'm going to have to answer that a billion times. John, mm-hmm. what are your thoughts on uh, this interview? This clip? Yeah. Um, I mean, he is clearly well aware of how to read the room when it comes to knowing how precious this character is and how beloved Taylor Gray was as uh, Ezra too. Um, you know, we had the absolute pleasure of interviewing him. One of my favorite episode interview episodes we've ever done was talking to Taylor Gray. And I think all those actors probably went through the crash course like, don't say stuff like this. Make sure you are respectful. You don't have to talk about that stuff, but make sure you're not like, we're taking it to the next level. Like they're very careful with how they are talking about this stuff. And PR people on Twitter were commenting about Hayden Christensen talking about being in Ahsoka and said something along the lines of like, he was trying very hard not to lie, but also not give you anything about him being in Ahsoka. So like, I just kind of laugh because oftentimes when we're, speculating on this show we talk about like oh that's definitely a pr thing they're getting talking points and we kind of get a little pushback from time to time being like how do you know that we know that <laughs> like there's no way that they're always being a hundred percent truthful and it's not for a malicious vindictive way it's just because that's what they're being told to do well you don't want people taking your things out of context spinning sure. what you mean all that sure. too just from a human standpoint sure but i I usually don't like when people say this stuff, but for some reason, when he was talking about it, I bought in on him saying like, uh, how he feels like Ezra's real. Uh, yeah. And I, I like, usually I'm like, oh, okay, method and all that stuff. But <laughs> I really took to what he said and I believed him earnestly. Um, so it, and like you said, Lacey, he seems to really be, really be embracing and enjoying being a part of Star Wars, which this is, is a life changing role for him, I'm sure. Yeah. And that's, 
I hope it continues and he doesn't go, you know, get something happens where it becomes jaded like John Boyega did. Or, you know, I hope he goes through a great experience and not what other actors have gone through. Um, because I want him to stick around because I think there's a big future for Ezra. I'm not sure where, but I think we're just scratching the surface. So I always put actors in two camps in when it comes to one compartment, and that is, do they feel like they're just doing the job? Like, honestly, Harrison Ford's a little bit like that, so he gets the pass because he's Harrison Ford. But I like when greener actors really are respecting and embracing this. And, like, because look at Oscar Isaac, like, Force Awakens, he was all in, so excited, talking about how his uncle raised him on Star Wars. Oh, yeah. And then Rise of Skywalker, he's like, I'm out of here. Maybe if I need another house. It's like, then go. Like, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, you're lucky to be in this position. Like, embrace that. Like, mm-hmm. if you're pissed about it, say it behind closed doors. Don't say it where your fans are who are, like, hoping for more Poe Dameron hear you talking about if you need a house. Like, that's kind of a dirtbag move. But anyway. It was very, uh, like, disheartening, right? It's just like, it is. It's oh, just, you hate yeah. this thing that I love so much. It, and, like, I want to cheer you on. As yeah. a fan. Yeah. yeah. I, but so I hope this guy enjoys it, embraces it, has a good experience, and sticks around. Because when people are great at being in star wars and they love being in star wars that's like the two boxes i love being checked and uh, so far so good for him but i think we really are just scratching the surface so this hasn't given us a lot but the fact that aside from a couple of vague tweets of him being like i wish i could talk about this uh, i like seeing him not as ezra talking about it that's really our first shot here at, at that happening because at celebration he couldn't be revealed yet all that stuff so I like that we're starting to get to know him and uh, I'm excited to learn more and obviously see a lot more Ezra. His transformation from that interview to actually in the show with like the beard and everything and the scars. I was like, this looks like two different people. <laughs> so congrats to the uh, makeup people. Mm-hmm. I was just wondering if there were any, has there been any sort of official meetup or photo of um, him and Taylor? together i don't think they're not, yet. Yet. not, not yet. yet so we'll probably have to wait for like a convention that they both are at or something but mm-hmm. I, i'd love to see similar to like the um ashley Rosario stuff. Yeah, yeah and stuff like that i think that would be really cool to see or hayden and matt lanter yeah yeah it's or, lovely um, to see them all together mary elizabeth winstead and um vanessa marshall yeah vanessa marshall man you guys are so quick on names <laughs> i'm bad at names that's what it is um, but yeah, that'll wrap up the resistance report this week and we'll get into the, uh, aforementioned ask the resistance that John was talking about earlier. I've been wondering what are midi-chlorians? Noise. All right. It is time for ask the resistance. Uh, let's, yeah, we, it looks like we have a bunch here. Um, the first one comes via super chat from Andrew Staley, hot off the press just now. Uh, so Woo. Andrew, thank you so, so much for that. Lacey, do you want me to run through the questions or do you want to read Ask the Resistance? No, you do it. I'll just oh, tell okay. me which one and I'll click it. All right. So Andrew, thank you, buddy. I hope you're well. You're awesome. Love you, uh, Andrew. Yeah. Hope you're doing well, pal. Um, Ryan Blaney going to make the final four? Let's talk about that later. <laughs> um, all right. With the ever-evolving streaming landscape, do you think Lucasfilm will use feature films' potential profits to support Greenlight future Disney Plus shows? Thanks. Uh, I I think 100%. I think not even just from a financial standpoint that that will spill over. I think from a creative standpoint, if we get a new, um, fresh movie, even if it's the Ray movie and they introduce a bunch of new characters or a brand new twist on her story you can create shows off of that. I'm not saying do exactly what Marvel did, but they did it the right way where it's like, let's feed off of this big fat movie and put shows out that people will be like, I like that movie so much. Let me see what this is now. Cause I like that new character, you know, that sort of thing. So I think twofold, I think of course, you know, if they're successful with the movies that will lead to more projects uh, on the streaming platform. But I think also from a creative standpoint too, to a double-edged sword. And thanks, Andrew, mm-hmm. again. What do you guys think? Go ahead, James. Andrew, Andrew, um, you're awesome, man. I was thinking about you the other day, actually, just totally randomly. But um, <clears throat> with uh, the ever-evolving streaming landscape, you know, the interesting thing, like, I, I, I think John's right that this, this works. I think that Lucasfilm sort of, they have this thing that's so different from Marvel because Marvel is like, 
chronologically always moving forward. And they can play elsewhere, but you know, Star Wars has that like it bounces around a lot. But I think that with this new Ray movie, however they're going to do it, I think they do have that opportunity to sort of like say, well, it's not necessarily a trilogy. It's not necessarily episode 10, 11, and 12. And they could make that movie and then they could make a TV show with spinoff characters and then they could come back with like a John Boyega movie. You know what I mean? And kind of bounce back and forth. I think that could be the platform in which they use the movies to sort of promote the Disney Plus shows and then they use the Disney Plus shows to inevitably set up the next one. And it doesn't have to be a huge event, but it could be just like, Hey, if you're watching the show, you got to go see the movie because you got to see how this is going to end. And that sort of is also being played out in Dave Filoni's world. They've been wa- we've been watching these shows for a while, and then they're going to put a movie in. So the shows are essentially bu- building up for the movie. So it's sort of the opposite. You're saying what I thought this question was when I first read it initially. It's not. We'll get to it one day. It's the chances that Disney, uh, with the streaming landscape being what it is. Would Disney Plus ever make a movie and put it on Disney Plus? Um, I don't know about that, man. That's so tricky. I don't think they will. I think they've learned not to put movies on Disney Plus. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, Only because they've like, gotten to in trouble, so much trouble with like Black Widow, uh, Cruella, all these movies well, that they were supposed to be movie theater movies, and they've Wonder been shoving them on Wonder Woman. Well, that right. Was- HBO. But I think that's a little bit different because they were the people signed on that they were going to do that. But I'm saying, like, what were the chances that they said instead of doing Obi Wan as as six episodes, we're doing it as a two hour thing, but it's still Disney Plus, you know? Yeah. Um, I see what you're saying. I think, you know, with the shift back to Bob Iger, which we got, we got problems, Bob. But with Bob Iger's shift that he's saying streaming is no longer the focus, that Bob Chapik was like, oh, we're doing streaming, everything's streaming. And then clearly the business didn't go the way they planned. And the churn is so high to keep people. And there's now there's all these different streaming services like we were talking earlier. It's hard to keep people tuned in. And if you're not constantly either posting or churning out content all the time, people aren't going to stick around. So I think that if they're investing in these bigger movies, which we've all openly said should have smaller budgets, I don't think they're going to take a movie that has a larger budget and put it on to Disney+, Plus, especially one of their major IPs, which they constantly bring up, which is Star Wars, Marvel, yeah. Frozen, Toy Story, like Bob Iger always. Any of those yet. Yeah, yeah, they bring those up all the time. I think they've learned a lot through Star Wars and Marvel. They had, you know, a crazy gangbuster show with The Mandalorian, but I don't think they've seen that success with anything else. And I think they've even seen kind of audiences drop off with The Mandalorian that kind of just were there in the beginning and then didn't stick around. So, um, first of all, Andrew, thank you. Miss you, yeah. God. I hope mm-hmm. all is good. I, I just think it's pretty easy to see like Lucasfilm and I think Disney as a whole is shifting their their focus to movies again. The problem is with all the strikes and everything, like I've said before, they should get what they, they're owed. But because of those strikes, Disney is now having to shift even more. So I could see them putting more focus on movies because those are get a better payback and more money into the business than yeah. Disney Plus. Let's say conservatively, an Obi Wan movie made five hundred million dollars at the box office. To equate that from a financial perspective, you Choose would need three point five yeah. million new subscribers on Disney Plus. There it is, basic math, which I'm very bad at math, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> fun fact of the day. It'd be a product. I think a lot of the products they make are to sustain. You want products to help grow people, but you're not going to get that many people to sign up to watch the Obi Wan movie versus what you can make in the theater with it. Right. But uh, we went on a tangent on that one. So let's mm-hmm. get to a quick one here from Jedi Secrets. And thank you again, Andrew, very much. And everybody who sent Super Chats tonight. Uh, oh, Jedi Secrets. This is going to be a quick answer, yes or no. Uh, we don't have to elaborate too much. I think we've talked about this a little bit. But as we stand today, will we ever get a second season of Ahsoka? What do you guys think? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, Jedi Secrets. All right. <laughs> Next, we're going to Ben Bam Boo, who said, does the usage of deep faked Luke make it more likely that Han and Leia will be deep faked as well, as it might be strange to have recast characters from the OT next to deep faked? Um, I don't think 
Han and Leia are necessarily going to show up. I don't think they would ever recast them. So if they ever did show up, it would be very brief. And it would We've already be- seen Leia deepfaked in Rogue One. Right. But, but in this age, like mm-hmm. post Return of the Jedi, we haven't. Mm-hmm. So uh, if we did, which I don't think we will, it would be using a similar type of technology. But with the carry passing and Harrison Ford might, might not be too into it. But uh, recasting, I, I still don't understand why people think they're going to recast people. Like the Mon Mothma thing is a aberration yeah. because it's a small character. You were talking about the big three. Like, like I make the joke. We're not having Julianne Moore roll in being like, Senator Organa's here. I'm like, nah, that's not. But happening. they did it with Alden. Okay. So, younger, recast. Between, no recast. But they could bring Alden back to play Han during this period, though. I disagree. I would not like that at all. Because then you're going Alden, Harrison Ford, Alden, Harrison Ford. I don't think they do that. They've never done that, aside from this Mon Mothma thing. But again, that's a small character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But anyway, what do you guys think? Go ahead. I Jim. think it's I think it's more likely that they they would do um, small roles with uh, deep fakes um, next to Luke. Uh, Mark Hamill, you know, was involved in that. Um, we know that Harrison Ford absolutely would do something like that because that's how the most recent Indiana Jones starts. You know, it was him. He comes in, they deep fake him. They already have a lot of the technology to be able to do that. So they could pull it off. Here's yeah. a question. Um, and we already, we have seen Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher has passed, uh, the estate has passed license to be able to do it if the thing is right. We saw it in well, Rogue One, I think it was before her, but uh, we saw it in The Rise of Skywalker as well with Billy Lord playing the. She character. saw Rogue One. Carrie Fisher saw Rogue One. That's what I'm saying. I think yeah. it was, so she saw that one. But um, when it came to Rise of Skywalker, Billy Lord played the character and then they deep faked uh, Carrie Fisher's face onto her. And They didn't deep fake. I, 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 this stuff right. drives me nuts. They used actual footage of her, like actual film footage of her. They didn't have to, like, they, those were actual shot scenes and they just inputted it into the, the movie. Right. Deepfake is is the technique, but it also is sort of the blanket term of what is going on. So yeah, I guess I was using it in the uh, the blanket term. <laughs> yeah. Mass. And the other thing about it, interesting too, is that since um, since that technology is getting better and better, they've now done like what they did with Harrison. They did exactly what they did um, in the past. But then after they were done with it, they went in and deep faked over top of it because the results were so much better. Um, so now, uh, both in the case of Harrison Ford and Mark Hamill, they have used ILM's own proprietary technology and then deep faked on top of it. Uh, so they are moving forward with doing Yeah, that. it seems like it's um, a combination a of actual footage and computer-generated footage. It wasn't like a, before. I know, like but the, now Harry, it is saying. with the molding. Yeah, And definitely. now it is, yes. Because um, they just realized the results were better and they, they could do that too. So why not, you know? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I, so it's I, interesting. I think that's the case, yeah. What do you think? Yeah, I think that they definitely could do this. I don't see why they wouldn't. Why not? I think we're at a point now that even if the people didn't necessarily agree with it, if it was there to tell the story, they'll do it. And I know fans didn't really like the Mark Hamill stuff. And they said, like, why not just use the stand in that looked just like Mark Hamill? They're they're balancing your expectations plus the actor's expectations plus the legacy that comes with the character so that it's a it's a mashing up of all these things and the legacy that comes with ILM of pushing sure. and, and George Lucas of pushing technology forward sure. like if it exists or it's on the cusp of existing let's do it you know right and right. Did, didn't didn't Mark Hamill recently say something about like do. Get new characters. Like you don't need to keep <laughs> bringing said, me out there. Yeah, he would be so, okay with recasting. Yeah, it's, but it's, if it's, it's if it's important to the story that they're telling, and it's like a time period like the Mandalorian right now, where it's very specific of what were these characters doing during this time. Yeah, I I stand by that. It, I trust that they're making the right choice. He, here's yeah, a wild thought, it, but... and, and my answer is no to this, <laughs> but. 
who better to stand in as a body double for Harrison Ford than Alden Ehrenreich? <laughs> you use with the him. mannerisms, yeah. <laughs> They've then, done the deep fake with his double face. his face. Yeah. But I'm like, he's too like he's not a huge star, but I feel like he's too big of a star to come in and like do that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Think, yeah. <laughs> so it's like that's kind of unfortunate because you got your best like stand-in for a deep fake that you can. I uh, yeah, <laughs> I this guy rather the characters not show up, but that's just me. Um, but thank you for the question. Uh, we're going to do one more. Uh, we are going to do one more and it is Padawan Michael. Hi, Michael. Uh, here we go. He said, will Sabine become the first Mandalorian Jedi since Tar Vizsla? Um, I think we, we talked about this a little bit recently. Charity is a Jedi according to StarWars.com. Isn't Charity that? So is she, so James, in your opinion, is she a Mandalorian Jedi? I think so. Yeah, she already is. Because Lacey points out that it's on StarWars.com. She's already like labeled day as a Jedi. Of, yeah. And it's I think a, she's... It says she's a Jedi? Yeah. The day <laughs> that episode came out, they changed it. She's Man. a she's a Padawan learner, but a Jedi nonetheless. She's I'm going to roll into the local Taekwondo place and walk in with a black belt and be like, I am a black belt today. <laughs> no but i think like i think it's the idea that she's accepted that that's the journey she wants to take that's what they're saying she's now i think Jedi. what yeah whether it's day one or day 1000 if you study taekwondo you can say i study da- taekwondo man like i am i'm a learner i, I love that commit. i want to all right james before someone else takes this because <laughs> she's not a jedi master to be clear she's just a jedi we gotta yeah we she's gotta not even do- a knight we got to edit one. Of the, we got to do a, a Photoshop video where we edit in Sabine saying, "Then I am a Jedi," and Yoda going, "Oh." <laughs> <laughs> you must confront Vader. Um, all right, so I guess she's she's a she's a Mandalorian Jedi, Michael. It's it's official. Uh, so there you have it. Um, but thank you to everybody who submitted questions. Sorry we couldn't get to them all, but we do have to wrap up because we're heading over. Uh, to Patreon now where we're going to have our meetup with our admirals, generals, and spice runners. It's basically just a hangout. So if you are a patron of that tier, come hang out. Uh, we literally just hang for about an hour or so. So, uh, But thank you to everybody for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. Uh, no matter how you like Star Wars, we like that you're hanging out with us. It means a great deal. We hope you enjoy our podcasts. Uh, specifically the one we just did. So uh, make sure you tell your friends, spread the word, subscribe on your preferred platforms, leave a review. And like we said, if you want to join us at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast, tiers start at just five bucks and you get additional episodes. We have a Discord server at certain tiers, uh, commentaries, a lot of bonus videos, a lot of cool stuff. So go check us out, patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Uh, Special shout out to our generals and spice runners. Carmelo, John Reese, Jetta Rosewater, Frank Grande, Nick Kratz, Chris Morales, Brian Smith, Matt Chitty, Danny, Mike Ramori, Matt Heath, Brendan McLaughlin, Count Pepto, Sneaky Zebra, Aaron Ellington, Colin Cormier, Jolton Jedi DiMaggio, Diana and Dave Hornack, and the Spice Runners, David Probus, Neil Shaw, Kendall Gellner, Andrew Staley, Andrew Staley, sorry, Andrew, I said your name like 12 times this episode, uh, Jeremy Myers, Michael Fry, and the Fort Worthian, and everybody who listens, watches, however you taking our pod we appreciate it uh for me johnny hoey on social media and my movie podcast just like the movies uh we're doing manhunter next uh lacy how about you people can find me on social media at lacy gillerin and on tiktok at it's lacy gillerin um is there something i'm gonna say i can't remember oh and see us on children of the watch on november 1st james uh all social media at myra trunks Okay, Uh, James and I will be back with you on Monday where we're going to talk about mystery in Star Wars. Um, But we hope everyone has a wonderful weekend and we will see you next time right here on the Resistance Broadcast. See you around, kids.